Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And we are broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And that means both of us, not just Damon Cotton, holding it down in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, but we're both reunited back in the studio. Feels like I've been out of the studio for about a month. <laughs> I had to walk in the studio to see if it still looks the same. It does. You know, Damon's been holding it down. He's been making sure it's all it's all on the up and up. But we're both in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio this afternoon. It's been a very busy day as I was out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today. Myself, JT the Brick, and Lincoln Kennedy uh, record the Raiders Roundtable show like we do each and every Tuesday around 9.30 in the morning. Uh, you can hear that in its entirety right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 coming up about 5 o'clock right after Unnecessary Roughness is over. And it'll be available on the Raiders YouTube probably in a matter of minutes. But... You got about three hours to, to, to go ahead and kick it and not worry about that, right? And about three hours after the show's over, then you can go check it out on the YouTube page. We definitely encourage that. Uh, it was a fun conversation between myself, JT, and Lincoln Kennedy uh, talking about, the obviously, the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Christmas Eve and then talking about the upcoming game. I guess the San Francisco 49ers is always good to catch up with Lincoln. So uh, really good stuff, even though, you know, more times than not, we talked about losses on the Raider Roundtable. Still really good content. So if you want to check it out, make sure you do. Again, you can hear the audio version of it following this show at 5 o'clock. And you can see, check out the YouTube later on on the Raiders YouTube page. So a lot to get to on today's show. We met with the the uh, offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, and also defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, earlier today as well. We met with them around 11 o'clock this afternoon, or I guess this morning still, and uh, got some Got some insight from them. We'll hear from them uh, later on in the show today. Uh, also got a lot of good guests to get to on the show. And, of course, Raider Nation, we also want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r It's always available to you. We found out just a little while ago, not that it should be a big surprise, that linebacker Denzel Perryman is being uh, shut down for the rest of the season. It's only two games. He has a dislocated shoulder. So, I mean, it's not like it's a. it took a genius, but Jordan Schultz, he did put that out there. And then Vinny Bonsignor also confirmed that uh, Denzel Perryman is definitely done for the rest of the season. I would expect the same for Chandler Jones, and there could be others. We don't know, but there could definitely be others. I do expect to see some changes come uh, Sunday for the roster when the Raiders take the field against the San Francisco 49ers on New Year's. On New Year's Day at Allegiant Stadium. New Year's Day in Vegas is going to be interesting. I think last year for New Year's Eve, I think I got my old man on. Me and the wife, we went out to the district and we were out there for a little while. And I think to mind, it was probably about 11. And I looked at her and said, yeah, you ready to go home? And she said, yeah, we'll go home. We'll stay up, you know, until midnight. And then, and, you know, shut it down. I was like, all right, cool. Brother, I think we were asleep by 11.15. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were asleep by 11.15. What did you do for New Year's last year? No clue. Can't remember. Really? It yes. was that much fun, huh? Wait, wait, hold on. Was that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Definitely think it was a bad thing. I just don't remember. I'm not like, oh man, we tore the town up. Right, right. No, I think I know I, that's not really your your get down. Yeah, probably did nothing because I'm trying to think of a New Year's. I'm like, I think that was 2020. Right. And now the years are just running together. So probably nothing. Oh, you're starting to get old. Yeah. When the years just run together. That's right. All right. Tomorrow, really welcome thinking, to the old man club. Because I'm thinking, of, no, that was a fun New Year's, but I'm thinking. Right. 
No, I think that was 2020 going into 2021. I'm trying to remember. Like I said, it, we didn't do a whole lot of anything. We just went out to the district, which is right around the corner from our house. And so that's always our convenient get down spot. Uh, that's also where the kids do not go hang out. <laughs> so I'll just let that be known. But it's okay. Again, it's my it's my spot. And so we went there, uh, had a good time. And then, like I said, shut it on down before midnight. But this year, it'll be a little bit different. Of course, you know, the Raiders hosting the San Francisco 49ers on New Year's Day. That should be uh, a fun environment there at Allegiant Stadium. I'm hoping that a lot of Raider Nation uh, shows up and shows out to the game. I hope that they're not selling their tickets to 49er fans. We'll see what happens, but I'm expecting to see a lot of uh, 49er fans actually uh, in town over the weekend. Of course, Raider Nation Radio 920 will be uh, doing our thing, I believe, at uh, the Rockstar on Saturday. I got to confirm that with Vinny, but I do believe that we'll be there for anyone coming into town as well who's preparing themselves for the upcoming game. Uh, I think that the the Rockstar will probably be the place that we're at Saturday evening, and uh, I'm thinking that I'll be able to make an appearance there as well on New Year's Eve, but that's for another day. It's only Tuesday. We still have some time before that. Uh, just saw the tweet from Raiders PR. They did a couple of roster moves. Uh, they signed linebacker Austin Calitro to the practice squad and released guard Willie Wright from the practice squad. So very minor moves right there, but these are the kind of moves that you'll probably expect to see over the course of the next couple days. Uh, of course, with Denzel Perriman being out, that means more time for Luke Masterson, Darian Butler, and among others. And those guys have been getting a lot of burn as of late anyway. Luke Masterson, the last few games, has ended up being the, the leading tackler for the game. So it's not like he's not getting a lot of burn. He's getting more and more and more, and he looks like he's getting more comfortable as well out there each and every week. So uh, we'll hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham on the young guys that are starting to step into a bigger role as the season comes to an end. But a couple roster moves and also the news on Denzel Perriman. And again, I expect Chandler Jones to be the same way. Don't expect to see him anymore. And the thing with Denzel Perriman, as many people hit me up and ask, he's a free agent. I mean, he very well could have played his last game with the Raiders. Or maybe he resigns. Maybe they bring him back. I don't know. But he is a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, we all know that earlier in the season he was trying to get a contract extension. But, I mean, he is definitely in the final year of his deal. So the Raiders have a decision to make on Denzel Perriman. With, and they have a decision to make on a lot of players on the roster as well. So uh, that's Dave Ziegler. That's Champ Kelly. That's Josh McDaniels. Glad it ain't me. Right. Those are a lot of tough decisions that I'm glad that we don't have to do. We have we have our work cut out for us enough, let alone having to make some kind of decisions like that. But we'll see exactly how this uh, front office decides to put this roster together for the upcoming season. But as I mentioned, got a lot of good guests to get to on today's show as we do on the on the regular. Every single Tuesday, we have John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL. Uh, we'll talk about a few of the decisions that the Raiders have to make moving forward. We'll also talk about some teams. We'll talk about J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt announced today that he's going to retire at the end of the year. Uh, he's a guy that John McClain knows very well as he was there in Houston for a very long time. Uh, saw him when he came out of Wisconsin and how he just kind of came onto the scene and not to mention was just a really good dude off the field there in Houston. So I'm sure John will have plenty to say about J.J. Watt. We'll talk about the Vikings coming back and getting another victory in you know, walk-off fashion and dramatic fashion as they've done so many times this year. Uh, just scattershoot all things NFL Tua talking about Tua and what they should do with them and I'm one I'm in the I'm in the corner that Tua shouldn't play anymore this season. Just I mean it's just that simple. I know it's not that simple because one these teams want to play, two Tua wants to play and uh you know these these teams are trying to win and Miami really wants to win and they're a much better team with Tua uh, in the game. But man, uh as we found out about his health and the fact that he is uh you know in concussion protocol again this season after we've seen all the all the theatrics and not in a good way that has gone gone on with Tua 
and the concussion protocol and all his health issues on the field, uh, there's no reason. I don't believe there's any reason why he should be uh, he should play at all this season again. But uh, of course, that's something that the team and the team doctors are going to have to come up with. But that dude, at some point, someone's got to save him from himself. So John McClain will scatter shoot all things NFL with him coming up at three o'clock, three thirty. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, he'll join us to talk about the Raiders' defense, uh, what he sees from them, how it changed once Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman went out, and we'll also talk about playmakers on the on the back end when it comes to the secondary corners and also safeties with Mark. He was a guy that uh, had real sticky hands, man. He was a guy that was able to come up with a lot of interceptions over the course of his career, so he kind of knows what it takes, the mentality it takes, what you have to look for uh, to be a ball hawk in the NFL. It's kind of going over some of the numbers for some of the guys in the secondary right now with the Raiders, and I always say this because uh, Phil Snow, he was the defensive coordinator at Baylor. That's when I first met him, but then he also went on to be the defensive coordinator with Carolina uh, with Matt Rule. Been around the game for a very long time. He told us in New Orleans when we were at the Sugar Bowl covering uh, Baylor at the Sugar Bowl when they played Georgia, he said, if a guy creates turnovers in college, if he if he creates turnovers in high school, he has a good chance to be able to ter- create turnovers in, in, in college. If he creates them in college, there's a good chance he's going to take those traits w- with him to the NFL and be able to do that. So I just kind of looked at the numbers for some of the guys in college, like Nate Hobbs. He had three career interceptions in four years, about 38 games in uh in college so he had three career interceptions and two forced fumbles i looked at a guy like trayvon merrick i know my man raider mack is very interested in him seven career interceptions in about 30 something games uh and he had a couple forced fumbles as well so uh, he had a little bit more when it came to creating turnovers and then i looked at a meek robertson 14 career interceptions in three seasons 14 career interceptions. So the dude, as we talked about him before, and he scored like three touchdowns, right? I mean, so he's also a guy that not only got the ball, but he was able to take it to the house. And I know that it doesn't always translate just because you did it, and he hasn't done it very much yet, but you saw he, 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 he made a play on a ball on Saturday uh, in, in against Pittsburgh where he went for the interception. He didn't come up with it, but you saw that instinct. And I remember my man Vegas Jess was like, you know what? I'm not even mad at that completion. Because I see him going for the ball. I see him trying to make that play. And that, I think the Raiders need guys with that mentality. That mentality where it's see ball, get ball. And again, he didn't get it. But I like the fact that he, the effort was there. Like he understood what was going on. He read the, he read the play and went to make it. Just didn't come up with it. And you're not going to always come up with it. But I was just looking at those numbers and it just kind of, you know, it kind of got me thinking, okay, there's a couple guys that are used to having the ball in their hand. The Raiders just need to find a way to do it more often. Now, Nate Hobbs hasn't had, you know, he hasn't come, like I said, three, three career interceptions in four years uh, in college. And so that's, you know, those aren't great numbers right there. He's, he's obviously come up with a couple plays so far in the NFL, but it's not something that he uh, did on the regular in, uh, in college. But the other guys, like a Trayvon Merrick, you know, seven, seven career interceptions is not bad in three seasons. Not bad at all. It was like 30-something games he had. I think it was like 32 games. Not bad. And, of course, Amik coming up with 14 interceptions and, like, three touchdowns in three seasons is really stinking good. Would love to see that start to translate. And, obviously, there's only a couple games to see that the rest of this year. But moving forward, would love to see the Raiders have guys in the secondary, have guys on the field in general that are used to creating turnovers, coming up with the ball. Guys that are comfortable when they see that ball tip up in the air, go get it. Go get it. Eat, right? I mean, that's that's your incentive money right there. That ball tips up in the air. It's like, well, there's that bonus. There's that bonus check. Go get it. That's 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 what I that's what I want to see moving forward. And then I did a little research on your theory here, and I just went to go see the two of the greatest ever when it comes to get, getting the ball 
in their college years. Charles Woodson, yep. 16 interceptions in college. Deion Sanders, 14 interceptions in college. See ball, so, get ball. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys that do it in college, a lot of times it translates to the NFL. So I'd like to see that moving forward. But uh, Mark, Mark McMillan will talk about that more coming up at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders radio broadcast. We talked to him today during the uh, during the the, uh, the show that we recorded this morning, the Raiders roundtable. So uh, I know he was tired. I will say this. So you might have to hit him a couple times. He, like many people across the country right now, had a very difficult time traveling and getting back home. He didn't fly on the private jet from Pittsburgh with the, with the team back. So he basically flew, I don't want to say Southwest, but I mean, you see all the issues going on with Southwest. He, he was part of the, of the flight issues going on, and I'm not necessarily saying with Southwest, but just with airplanes in general. It has been a bear. And then he was saying that he was trying to get his kids home as well, and that was, a, that was such a difficult task. So he said, man, as soon as this Raiders roundtable is over, I'm going to sleep. So, <laughs> so I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine to join us at 4 o'clock. But uh, we might have to call him a couple times because he might be in a deep sleep after, one, finally getting back, but, two, getting that worry off your head, trying to get your kids back. Man, there is there is something to being said when you have to worry about if something happened or not, right? I mean, it's like it's like you're not really physically doing anything, but the strain in your brain while you're thinking about, okay, I got to make sure I got to do this, I got to do that because I got to make sure my kids get home or they get to where they need to be. And then finally when you get that call or you get that text like, okay, hey, we made it. Man, it's like, okay. Let me sometimes I'm like, man, let me have a drink. <laughs> I need to take the edge off now cuz I was, you know, I mean, just sometimes it's just how it is. It's part of being a parent. You'll get it. You'll get it at some point, Demond. You'll 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 understand. But uh, those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. John McClain at 3, Mark McMillan at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy at 4 o'clock. So obviously there's a lot of time for an open line right now at 702-365-9200. Really, for this first hour, we'll be able to take a bunch of calls, and then we won't be able to get too many calls in until later on in the show. But uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I got a couple different subjects that I want to bring to the table, and you can either or it. You know, you can respond to one, you can respond to both, whatever the case may be. But a couple things that are at the top of my mind. One, we know Denzel Perryman's done for the year. We know that Chandler Jones is most likely done for the year. So with that being said, I want to know off top, when we see who the guys that take the field on Sunday, what or who would you like to see, right? I mean, because you know that there's going to be some younger cats out there. There's not going to be the roster that we've been used to see, the starters we've seen all season long. So who or what would you like to see on Sunday? And then obviously they got the following Sunday as well against the Kansas City Chiefs. But the last couple games of the season, you know, who would you like to see featured? What would you like to see featured? Do you like to see the Raiders do something a little bit different? Maybe just try something out. Right, because at this point you have nothing to lose. Right, at this point you just—if you feel like you got to get some game action, get some game film on something, uh, either a scenario, maybe it's a hurry-up offense. I mean, who knows? Who knows what the case is? Whatever you're thinking in your mind that can maybe help jumpstart this team for the next couple games, or at least provide a little bit extra juice for the last couple games, or maybe you're just curious and want to see it for the last couple games. That's fine. So that's one. The second part is more. It's more like detailed, and we talked in great length, and I know there's been a lot of conversation about the quarterback position. Not going to deep dive into Derek Carr and what's going to happen with him every day. I'm not going to do that. that. That gets old. It gets boring. Same old, same old, same old. We have people going to say, yes, he needs to stay. People say, no, he needs to go. I get it, 
right? The Raiders are going to obviously make that decision sooner rather than later. We'll probably have a pretty good idea, you know, in the next maybe maybe a couple weeks at the at the most, right? What they're going to do moving forward. So I'm not really worried about that. But with that being said, how would you like to see this roster improved without touching the quarterback position, right? What would you like to see, Dave Ziegler? Champ Kelly, how you would like to see them improve this roster in general without talking about the quarterback position. That's going to work itself out in the wash. Either he is or he ain't. (laughs) I mean, it's just that simple, right? Either he is or he ain't. But there's a lot more that needs to be done. And I know that he's going to be, Derek Carr is going to be the big talking point. He's got the biggest name. He's got the biggest salary. He's the biggest lightning rod when it comes to the Raiders and Raider Nation. Half the fan base loves him. Half the fan base hates him. And it's that simple. It's very rare when it comes to an in-between, when it comes to him. I don't know why that is, but that's what it is. I get it. So without, without bringing him up, where do the most improvements, where should the most improvements come from? I know I've been very adamant that it needs to be, the, the defense needs to be addressed in a major way. Right? I don't know if you, I, I say you used all draft capital on defense, so you have them at a younger, or at a, at a cheaper rate, but that's just me. If there's a guy that you think could be a shutdown corner that might become a free agent, maybe that's the direction that you want to go. I don't know. but And maybe you don't care about the defense. Maybe you're somebody that says, no, you know what? You got you to gotta invest everything into the offensive line or into the offense or this, that. And I don't know. But how would you or where would you like to see this roster improved without even worrying about the quarterback position? So I definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Got a text already from the 209. Said, on top of having guys this year, we're not getting a lot of picks because we're playing so much man-to-man. When you play zone uh, well and you're right in front, you're in the right spots, deflections should turn into picks. That's from Joseph Manteca. So basically saying the man-to-man coverage is preventing guys from creating turnovers, which – to a certain extent is right. I mean, when you're, you know, when you're playing zone, obviously you have your eyes on the quarterback and you can have your eyes in the in the backfield. I get that. But it's still something to be said. I mean, even even when you're playing man to man, if you turn and locate the ball, you can come up with an interception. If you if there's a deflection, you can see it. If a guy, you know what I mean? I mean, there's there's plenty of ways to come up with interceptions in man to man coverage. It's just the Raiders traditionally, I mean, go back. Go back and look at the numbers. For a very long time, it's been a problem with the Raiders creating turnovers. They just don't do it. It's something that we talked about in a, in a major way before the season started, that they need to find a way to create more turnovers. John Gruden talked about it I don't know how many times the last couple of years when he was the head coach. Got to create turnovers. Got to create turnovers. Got to give the, the, the offense more opportunities, more cracks at it. I mean, how many times did he say that? And there's teams that create two or three turnovers a game. You know, the, the Raiders are lucky if they get one turnover a game. And sometimes they'll get, you know, two or three, but that's so rare, so rare. I don't know the exact number of turnovers that they've created this year, but I would just try to run through my head real quick, trying to think about the games as quickly as possible. I'd probably say it's about 10 to 12, right, without knowing the exact number. I'm not looking it up at the computer at all. I'm looking at the don'tbebroke.com text line. (laughs) I'm, I'm not looking it up, but I would probably say, Knowing that Jerron Harmon has two interceptions, Denzel Perryman has two interceptions, Amik Robertson has an interception, that's five. He also has a scoop and score, that's six. And I'm sure there's a couple fumbles that they recovered as well. I mean, right? I mean, that, it, just doing that math in my head, and I'm sure DeMond's going to come in from the, 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 the top rope and actually give me the exact number, but in my head, I think it's about 10 to 12. 
And if I missed a couple, then cool, I missed a couple, but I didn't miss them by that much. They just don't create a bunch of turnovers. So I want, when they go into the draft, when we're talking about upgrading the roster, I want them to go out and get guys that in college found ways to get the ball. I don't care if you're a defensive lineman. I don't care if you're a linebacker. I don't care if you're a corner. I don't care if you're a safety. Find guys that traditionally know how to get the ball. Um, Just off the top from a quick look here, the team only has five interceptions, and they forced for the whole season nine fumbles. Boom. And how many fumbles did it say? How many fumble recoveries did they have? I didn't want to look at that because of pro football <laughs> reference. It oh, also yeah, includes gotcha. the offensive fumble recovery gotcha. as well, so it's not like a complete stat oh, yeah, that yeah, I can yeah. isolate it just for the defense. And also the league leader, it's tied with Tariq Woolen and, and um, Gardner Johnson in, in St. Louis, excuse me, in New Orleans. Right. And they have six. There you go. There you go. So, uh, again, five interceptions for a team is not enough. It's just not enough. Eric Allen, the great Eric Allen, who should be in the Hall of Fame, right? He's a guy that is, I know he's on, on, on the fringe, but I think that he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame just with the cre- career turnovers that he's created. I think the one reason that holds Eric Allen back, and I know I'm getting off on a different subject now, but uh, I think what holds him back is he was never flashy about it. He was never flashy about it where people were always praising Eric Allen, Eric Allen, Eric Allen, Eric Allen. But, man, the dude could play. The dude was a hell of a player, and he was a guy that created a bunch of turnovers. Five turnovers is not enough. Five interceptions is not enough for any team. It's just not. And like I said, Eric Allen, EA always says that, you know, his defensive coordinator always said, hey, you got to come into the season and get 20. 20. That's the number that you're aiming for. 20 is up on the chalkboard. Go get, go get that number. Start with that number, and then, and then we'll talk. Five. Five is not enough. So for me, when you're talking about improving the roster, it's all defense for me in the draft, and it's guys that create turnover. Tariq Woolen was a guy that I pounded the table for in the, in the, in the, leading up to the draft. And you know why I did? Because he creates turnovers. And where is he at right now? Leading the league or tied for the lead league with five? Six. There you go. He's got more by himself than the Raiders roster does when it comes to creating turnovers. That's what I'm talking about. You got to get those kind of guys. I don't care if you get them in round one, round five, or round seven. They're out there. Guys, there's guys like a, a, a Trayvon Diggs in Dallas who was a wide receiver at one point and flipped over. And yeah, he's, he's got moments where he gets burned, especially earlier in his career. This year, he's been pretty good. He's had moments where he's gotten burned, but he's also come up with 10 interceptions in a season. I'll take the chance, right? (laughs) I'll run that risk. Who did they used to have? Reggie Nelson. Remember when Reggie Nelson played safety and he had like eight interceptions? He would get burned at times. He would frustrate the hell out of me because I'd see the back of his jersey and know that, okay, it's probably going to be bad. But he also came up with his fair share of interceptions. And when, when, when the Raiders... Went to the playoffs in 2016 when Khalil Mack was Defensive Player of the Year. Why was that? Because they created a bunch of turnovers. It wasn't because the defense was great. They just created a bunch of turnovers. They were very opportunistic, and that's all we've ever talked about on the show is opportunistic, opportunistic. Come up with turnovers. And I know that you're not going to come up with every deflection. I get that. You're not going to come up with every time the ball's in the air. You're not going to do that. But how comfortable did the Steelers look at coming up with interceptions? They, they, they made plays on Saturday knowing this is going to be a game changer. This is going to help change the game. And it did, right? It, it, including the last interception that sealed the deal. They knew how massive those, like Mika Fitzpatrick on the back end. Guess what? That dude's a ball hawk. That ball finds him. He don't find the ball. It finds him. It's like, where's Mika? Right? It just, it's like it's got a damn magnet in it and it goes right to him. 
The Raiders need a couple of those dudes. Exactly what you said. Also, where you said Minka Fitzpatrick, he's a ball magnet. He, but he's also looking for the ball. He's looking to make those plays. And too many times with the Raiders this season, it feels like they're not anticipating making the big play. Where you see a guy, it's like that tip. It's you know you can clap it up after because obviously it's still a pass deflection. Yeah. And it's a it's zero yardage that the offense just gained. But think about so many times, so many plays this season. If that's an interception, that changes the like how we're looking at that game. Right. right. Because then, oh man, it's. Almost had it, but then they still get a field goal. They right. still get a touchdown. The drive still extended. Exactly. But if you would have just caught it, that's an interception. Now the offense has the ball. They get nothing. The they get nothing. We've seen the Raiders lose games because they didn't come up with interceptions. Right? Trayvon Merrick did it last year. That Washington game. That's game over. Game, set, match. Just make the play. Finish the play. There's there's a difference. And again, he's a guy that had interceptions in college. Just it, it hasn't clicked yet in the NFL for him where he can consistently do it. I think he has, what, one career interception? It's not enough. Yeah, just the one. It's not enough. And that was like a punt, <laughs> right? That ball was basically floated to him. It's almost like me in the studio just tossing it to you across the board. Here you go, Damon. Got it. Got a couple texts. 69187, keyword r from the 707. Tell Lester Hayes that mostly man-to-man hurts interception chances. Facts. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, that's big facts right there. Guys like that, see ball, get ball. They did it. Got a text from an 805 Raider. Said, no matter who our quarterback is, if the offensive line doesn't get fixed, better promises Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson were traded. Shaking my head. That's a great point. That offensive line, we had someone text in yesterday. I'm not sure who it was. I can't remember, and I apologize. Who said to gut the offensive line outside of Miller and, uh, and Parham. I'm not saying that you have to go that far, but that, that offensive line has to be evaluated, right? Because the Steelers... Cam Hayward in particular wrecked the game. After that first drive, they said, oh, okay, now it's time. And they went and wrecked the game to the point where the Raiders couldn't run the ball. They adjusted their defense so they couldn't run the ball, went away from running, and then Derek didn't have even hardly any time. And going back to 805 Raiders, point, it won't matter who the quarterback is if the offensive line doesn't get fixed. When the Raiders traded Gabe Jackson, when they traded Rodney Hudson, when they got rid of Trent Brown, they did it for the, 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 the sake of okay, we're going to spend some of this money on the defensive side of the ball and improve the defense, something that we talk about all the time needs to be addressed. And it somewhat worked, but not really. Because the defense wasn't, it still wasn't very good. It just helped them, it helped them at least, I don't know, hang around in games, I feel like. But it still statistically wasn't very good. And then you also damaged the offensive line. So you had to, you had to, you know, you have to come up with, well, was it worth it? Well, if it was worth it, that's fine. It's gone now. It's done. You can't ch- take it back. Those guys are getting older anyway. Rodney Hudson missed a lot of time with the Cardinals. Gabe Jackson's been okay in Seattle. Trent Brown just saw him. Not worried about him. It has to be. It has to be fixed. It has to be something that Dave Ziegler says. There's a point of emphasis, and it's got to be repairing this offensive line. I think they should do that through free agency. I think they should spend free agency money on the offensive line and Josh Jacobs, and go draft with uh, the defense. You'll get the younger, cheaper guys on the defensive side of the ball where you can develop them into your system. You can have them for some years, and then the guys that stick, like a Max Crosby, guys that potentially stick, like a Nate Hobbs, potentially stick, like a Trayvon Merrick. I mean, those guys, even Nate, he still still has a lot to prove, too. Trayvon Merrick has a lot to prove, as we talk about all the time. And Nate does, too. You know, there's been – I know he's coming back from that hand injury, but, man, he he hasn't looked that hot the last few weeks. No, and are we going to blame that on the hand injury or just no? If you're out there playing, yes, yeah, if exactly. you're out there playing, you're you're available. You got to be healthy enough. So yep. for me, I know that people want to give them the benefit of the doubt 
But the benefit of the doubt has got to pass. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I agree. we haven't seen the result from him. And more times than not, you can look at it and say, you got to make that tackle. Yeah. Where it's not so much, oh, is it, is it the scheme or is it this or is that? Sometimes he's just not out there making the plays that we expect him to make. Right. The first game he came back, he was really physical, and he looked, he looked the part. <clears throat> After that, not so much. So I don't know if I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't look like he's that comfortable out there. So we want to hear from you though. 702-365-9200. Hit us up. 69187 keyword R and R. That's the text line. This is Ray Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Without touching the quarterback position, how would you like to see this roster improved in 2023? I've been very adamant that it's the defense in the draft. It's got to be. Free agency, offensive line. Bolster that thing up. Get the best of the best. Whoever's the best ones out there that you can afford, go get. But go get them. They can do it. They want to get them. They can go do them. Bring back Josh Jacobs. Those are my those are my three keys to the offseason as far as I'm concerned. Brian hit us up. Patriots team's defenses were underrated and a big part of their Super Bowl run. Agreed in the draft. Defense, 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 and offensive line. A nasty defense. That's from my guy, Brian. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, that's something that not a lot of folks talk about. Patriots, those Super Bowl teams, yeah, Brady was there as the guy. Don't get me wrong. Not going to shortchange him. Not going to shortchange anything that they had going offensively, but like Brian said, their 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 defenses were very underrated, and they were able to to do a lot of really good things. The Raiders need to make sure that that defense is not only addressed but built to the point, just like the rest of the team, where it could have some stability. That's why I think you have to go into the draft and get some guys. So when it's time for you know a certain linebacker or whatever to get paid then you can make a decision. Okay, either going to keep them, let them walk, or, you know, or feel comfortable that the, the next guy up is going to be able to fill that void because oh, he's been here for a couple years and seen it. That, that's why, I mean, again, building a team, bottom line, the best way to do it is through the draft because you do have that control for years and you can make options and you can keep the cupboard full. Free agency is, is always fool's gold. You got to wonder, one, why teams are allowing that player to walk and two, how are they going to fit in with your team? And then, you know, are they getting older? Is it only going to be a one to two year fix? What's the? I mean, that's that's when you whenever you have to rely on the 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 free agency to really build your team. That's when you're really in, in trouble. But as far as I'm concerned, man, attack that draft defensively and give that team a chance. And again, it doesn't matter at that point who the quarterback is. You got to make sure that the defense is worth the salt. And unfortunately. For a long time, it's been ignored when it comes to the Raiders. Let's hear from Shields Up. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Q, how you doing, man? I'm blessed. Thank you for having the show. You and Demond. And off the rip, I'm going to break this up real quick in three things. Offensive line turnovers in offseason. I totally disagree with you and probably 80, 90% of Raider Nation. The offensive line, to me, is all right. We have the number one rusher in the league. Okay. Carr is getting time to throw the ball. The problem is Carr is making the wrong decisions. So 
That so you're you're said, comfortable? Let me let me stop you real quick. You're comfortable with keeping the offensive no, no, line I'm how sorry, it is? Sorry, I, I apologize. Go ahead. No, I, I just want to know. You're comfortable with keeping it 100 percent like it is? This is what it is. Parm and Miller on the left side. Okay. We got James in the middle. We re-signed bars, and I am confident, and I'm go I'm putting my neck out here, man. I'm confident Mumford would take that right side. Okay. Therefore, money in free agency. Now, to turnovers, okay? Team tackling and pressure. Pressure. Make the quarterback make the wrong decision. Hurry the ball. You get the interception. Team tackling. Put the ball out. That leads me to my last part, the offseason. You're absolutely right, too. On this point, I totally agree with you. We got to pressure. We got to get that DT in the middle. We got who's in our division? Mahomes? Ebert? Really? I mean, Unitas? You name name (laughs) them. So, so... We get that pressure, and we get a cornerback in the draft. Now, if we do not have Perryman, then we got a decision. We have all three levels on that defense to get. Middle linebacker, I think Masterson's an outside linebacker because he's got some speed. And we got a cornerback. I do not like Rocky Sin. I still believe in Nate Hobbs. Okay. You're right. He's still recovering. He's, he's not confident in what he's doing. So those three levels in the draft. But the offensive line, and I know I'm in the minority. In this no, that's opinion, okay. That's okay. But but I think we come on, bro. We got the number one rusher in the league. He and and, and he's not doing it on his own. Again, thank you for taking my call, man. And and and. Uh, just win, baby. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Shields up. Thanks for the call, my man. And yeah, hey, look, if if you're comfortable with the offensive line, just like that, that that could work, right? I think that there's still questions with James. I mean, if we're keeping it a buck, I think there's still. Some questions with James if he's the uh, you know the the center for the the long haul when it comes to the Raiders, and I definitely believe that there's a question at the right tackle position. But if in your theory, if Thayer Munford takes that next step, obviously they like him, right? As a seventh round pick, that could be a hell of a steal. So if he is that guy that takes that next step, I I can see being with you and Alex Bars. I think he's a career journeyman. So at the very least, I think we could all agree to at least bring in some more competition and at least provide some extra depth. I think at the very least we could we can agree on that when it comes to the offensive line. But with the defense, I think that all levels of the defense need to be attacked anyway. Regardless if they bring Perryman back or not, I think that all three levels of the, the defense, the line, the linebackers, corner, the secondary, right? Corners and, and safeties. It all needs to be addressed. And right now, the Raiders look to have a lot of draft picks coming up. So they really could go and literally get the best player available more times than not, and it could end up being a, a really good player on the defensive side of the ball, or maybe it's an offensive lineman. I mean, whatever the case may be, I think they have a lot of different options coming up with the draft capital that they have, and who knows what kind of moving and shaking and wheeling and dealing Dave Ziegler might do. Let's go out to the phone lines again and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, Q. Um, before we start, I, I, I just want to address something. Um, I wasn't yesterday. I wasn't disagreeing with you, uh, um, and I won't, we won't talk about it no more to the draft. Um, I wasn't disagreeing with you regarding the draft picks. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. They've been bad throughout the years. Um, I, I just wanted to let you know I was not disagreeing with you. I agreed with you. No, it's all good. Um, there have been some good picks because I know you got because I heard you after the after I got off and what you were saying, and I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but we also had some good picks, you know, in, in Colton Miller and uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm trying to get that. Oh, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the Max Crosby? 
no, you know what, Crosby, Colton Miller, uh, Ruggs before he got there, um, Khalil Mack. I mean, you, you, um, the wide receiver from uh, that we we got. So I'm not disagreeing. I just wanted to. No, it's all know. good. It's all good. It, it, yeah, because I, I heard you yesterday. I, I hung up and and I heard what you were saying about the the draft picks. I, I totally agree with you. Where where we need to fix it. And and here's the difference between our draft picks. And you can go look it up from what I'm telling you because I always call you with facts. The 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 difference between us and the New England Patriots. You know, New England have one of the worst draft histories. Yeah, they do. But the difference with them is that they had the best quarterback ever, and they got the greatest coach ever in the NFL. So that hit a lot of stuff. And their defense won the greatest, but they were good enough to to get them because they had one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So I, I just want you to know that I wasn't disagreeing with you on that, man. No, it's all good. You know, it's all you good. Know, you, know, you know your facts. I think where the biggest thing for us is to clean up the secondary okay. and the linebacker. I've been telling you the linebacker. Me and you have been saying the same thing about the linebackers. you got to get a young linebacker. We had a chance to get Patrick Queen. We didn't get him. Mm. We had a chance to get Devin White. We didn't get him. We got to get a young linebacker and and you and maybe get a, a corner a corner in the draft and also get a a corner in free agency that you know because remember we was talking about Bradbury that went to the Eagles instead of coming to us mm-hmm. and and we end up getting that so I just that's where I would concentrate and I totally agree with you if you got to depend on free agents you're gonna be in trouble you got to draft. You got to draft well. You don't have to hit on every pick, right? But you got to hit on one or two picks that that's going to change your 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 um change your team around. And that's that's the biggest thing. I, I agree with you, man. And uh, you know, y'all show is great. And I, you know, you and Demond and, and, and y'all, man, I love you guys because man, you guys bring it every every day. We can't find none like this nowhere else, man. And props to you guys. If I don't talk. To you guys before the New Year's, Happy New Year's to y'all and Red Nation. Oh, one thing I do want to say on Derek Carr. You, you mentioned that you think you could win win a championship with Derek Carr. I I, I I disagree with you on that, but one thing I can't say about Derek Carr. He, he, he ain't the fault that we're losing, but he's not. he doesn't elevate anybody else. And that's the difference between him, Mahomes, and the average quarterback. He don't develop. He he don't he don't raise anybody else up. It, it's just a it's just an average. He's an average guy, and that's the problem. That's the problem. And I'll let you go. You guys have a good New Year's. I appreciate it. You too, man. Be safe out there. And yeah, that's the thing. And like, I don't want to really go into a, a deep Derek Carr conversation, but yeah, I mean, he is like we said, middle of the road at best. And I think that that's you can win with the middle of the road at best guy, but your team also has to be really good. Right. You know, what I mean, and, and that's the thing about it. Like we've seen, you know, the few examples of like a Trent Dilfer go win a Super Bowl. Why did he win a Super Bowl? Because the defense was outstanding. Right. I mean, they were. So it, it's it's obviously different levels to the game. If you're just going to be an average quarterback, if you're just going to be a good quarterback, you've also got to have a lot of good around you. Good to great around you. Right. If you're a Mahomes type guy, you also have to have good around you. But you could also see how how he can how he can improvise and do so many different things that are going to allow you to to stick around. Just like a Lamar Jackson keeps keeps plays alive because he can run around and he can he can make, you know, chicken out of chicken, you know what, right? I mean, let's just put it like that. I mean, there's just there's just certain things that certain quarterbacks do. Like Aaron Rodgers, he can drop the ball in the bucket just about anywhere, from anywhere, from any kind of, you know, 
direction, and, and sometimes it doesn't even make sense, but he can do it because that's how I was thinking good he is. Now, is he a good dude? Well, you know, that's that's a question that other people ask, but I'm not. Whoa, that's whoa, not whoa. I'm just saying that's not my that's not my that's not my conversation. I'm just saying. You know, for the most part, people say they don't like him. Or, you know, what, what we hear at least that they don't like him. But that who cares, right? I mean, if you're winning games, who cares? Demond act like I just cussed out his brother or something. You gonna be all right? I don't know, man. It's like you 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 you're not taking a shot at him. No, I'm not. But it's just it's just it's the conversation that's out there. His own brother don't even like him. What that say about him? Well, then there you go. <laughs> then then what are you stopping me for? Two forty three <laughs> is the time. We'll come back, take some more calls, get your calls and text. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 248's the time. Coming up at the top of the hour, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. He'll join the show to talk all things NFL, talk about the business side of the NFL, because there is definitely a massive business side that some folks understand and some people don't get. And that's unfortunate because a lot of times you see teams make business decisions that might not necessarily be the best decision, but it's the business decision. But we'll get to that coming up at 3 o'clock with John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Let's go out to the phone lines, though. We've been talking about the roster and how you'd like to see the roster improve without touching the quarterback position. That's a decision that the, the Raiders have to make. They'll either make it or they won't. Either Carr will be back next year or he won't. It's, it's, it's that simple. But how would you like to see the roster around the quarterback improve let's go out to the phone lines and talk to paul and temecula paul welcome to the show what's up q what up brother how you doing i'm, I'm blessed hey, Damon, how you doing man thank you for a great show hey i i kind of i kind of agree with uh shields up um about the roster I, I think i think the offensive line plays good enough for us to win um i agree with uh definitely uh, another safety to help out Mary, uh, another corner, and definitely linebacker. Um, but I, I wanted to touch a little bit on, on D.C. and um, maybe potential benching or not benching and the business decision that the Raiders might do or may not do. Okay. Um, and and I'm, a, I'm a big D.C. fan, man. I, I, I remember the days before D.C. arrived with Matt Flynn and and Matt Schaub and those other guys, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but the, the, the truth is and the reality is, is that um, we can't, and I say we as a Raider Nation, we can't be scared of change, of, of knowing what's out there. Like, you know, it may not be greener on the other side, but we need to be able to take that risk, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what life is about. Yep. Like, you, you, you have your career by moving to different states and doing different radio stations and you're blessed enough to do that, right? So we, we need to be open-minded to that. I, I think I think the biggest issue that I have with D.C. is that it, when it comes down to it is, is making the key throws and key moments to win the game. Like in Pittsburgh, when we got the ball back with four minutes left, in my head... I was thinking if we get two first downs, the game is over, pretty much. And on, on that third and five, he throws that pass out of bounds to Devontae, mm-hmm. right? When Waller's running wide open on the drag route, if we complete that pass, we get a first down and we get another first down, we pretty much ice the game. So th- the issue that I have is the, I think the line is good enough I don't think it's the best, but I think it's good enough. 
but it's it's Derek's pocket awareness. If if he could just find a way to move a little bit to the right or middle to the left or just up step up just a little bit, where the tackles the tackles could push the DNs and the guards could push the defense tackles around him, because every time there's pressure, DC just runs back. And 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 look look at the other quarterbacks. Look at Brady for instance. Brady's 46 years old, and he just slides in and out of the pocket. That's how you play quarterback in this league. At the end of the day, when it really counts on third and ten, you got to drop back and make that pass happen. And for whatever reason, Derek just doesn't do that. And I think that's the biggest issue that I think we have with these with DC. Is he a great leader? Yes. Is he a motivator? Yes. Do the guys play hard for him? Yes. But at crucial times, he doesn't elevate it when he needs to. And I think we can't be scared to find out what's next on the horizon, you know? Yeah. No. Um, so, I, you know, I'll, I'll just take your comments off the air, man. I appreciate what you do. You and Damon, you guys have an awesome, awesome show for Raider Nation. And uh, keep up the good work, man. Thank you, guys. I will do. Thank you so much, man. Hope you have a great holidays. And, and yeah, I mean, sometimes you've got to roll the dice. I think that you hit it hit it right on the head, man, when you said sometimes you just got to roll the dice. You can't be afraid of change. And, you know, I, I could always just talk about myself and, and the journeys I've gone through and the, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations. And I had a really good job when I was young. And I decided that I didn't want to really do that job. I wanted to be in radio, regardless how dumb that might have been at the time and how it wasn't going to pay my bills. I just rolled the dice and said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And it wasn't a great idea at the time. <laughs> Believe me, it wasn't a great idea. But at some point, it worked out. I also moved to Waco, Texas, as crazy as that was, right? I knew nothing about Waco except for people burned in Waco. That's all I knew before I moved there. And it ended up working out well. Met my wife there. Had a great career. Now I'm here. Sometimes you just got to take that chance and, and, and hope that you make the right decision. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. But that's, I think that's a great point that you bring up, you know, and that's something that the front office is sitting there thinking right now. What's the best decision for the team, not just right now, but also moving forward? I've said it a million times when it comes to, to, to Carr. In my mind, there's no doubt he's back in 2023 if they didn't have a $40 million decision on their hand. No doubt if they didn't have that decision, but they do. That's where it complicates things. Let's hear from Houston and L.A. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, tell us how you guys doing, man. Uh, we're chilling, I mean- man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, could be a little better, of course. But um, all right. Uh, to make a long story short, man, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Pac-12 dude. Even though they're about to move, like yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a USC dude. Both big sis. They both graduated there. I mean, it, it, it's like in the heart. So once I knew Pac-12 cats like Oregon and Miami snatching up that free safety. Dang, I forget his name, man. I think his his number was zero though. But he's still nice in Miami and um. And I like Merrick. I, I can't front, but um, you know he 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 still has some 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 ways to step up there. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, linebacker, that's automatic. We 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 need younger, fresher talent with ability. We got to draft kind of high there, man. So I'm thinking like second round. I mean, we we get what we pay for, bro. We've been doing it the other way. It ain't been working out. It's gonna take a risk, just like we used to a little bit with the big owl days, man. Now, besides that, like um. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dip a little bit. I mean, defense period, you know, you can always have a nice fresh corner here and there around, you know, we still got some good ones on the squad, you know, number 37, he's been balling, man. He I is. see a lot of good things out of that cat. And even my man 59, um, 
I just look at the numbers. I kind of forget the dudes' names or whatnot. But <laughs> like, it, you know, I just like the, the talent that that is becoming. That I know where they can be. But look, I'm gonna make light real quick of the car situation, man. Like, it's it's sad to me because about almost like nine years ago today. I mean, I think like with a couple months to go. I was like, man, we got Mac first round. We turned around. We got Carr next round. I was like, man, I heard good things about this dude. I was like, I heard his pocket awareness ain't too good all the time, but he he's throwing dimes out there that's not that or whatnot. And then I heard about Devontae as well, but I was still stuck on Carr because I think we had pretty decent receivers during that time. Now you fast forward up to the beginning. I, I've never been a Kardashian. But I've never been the other way either. I like to give brothers a chance. They go out there and ball. There you go. You know, the decision is made. But to end it all, Carl reminds me, if y'all like Star Wars, <laughs> it's Return of the Sith, bro. It was like, I feel like Han Solo. When Carl, when they found out he was going to be Darth Vader and, and, and he went to the dark side, I feel like Han Solo, like, you were the chosen one. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, God, bro. It's like you were the chosen one. You were supposed to be. But, man, it's just, you know, it just ain't like that no more, bro. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yo, car, got to go, bro. I'm done. You cool? Th- Peace. Th- <laughs> thank you. Bye. Th- thank you for the call, my man. That's Houston in L.A. And uh, I was following you, man, but I have to admit I'm not a Star Wars guy. So uh, I-, I get the references, but I don't get the references, if you know what I mean. But thank you so much. DeMond gets them all. He gets them all. He's a movie buff. Well, he's just a movie guy. I don't know. His his takes on movies are pretty bad so, at times. So uh, he understands the references. Me, you know, I, I like I said, I could put them together without being a genius and figure them out. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you lost me on the Star Wars. But as far as some of the players that you were talking about and getting corners and talking about Luke Masterson, that's number 59 that you were talking about. Uh, also talking about Tyler Hall, number 37. Both those guys are starting to come along. The question is, you know, we see these guys and they play well, and we're like, oh, man, that's a nice little player. Is that a good little player? For the time being, or is that a good player that could turn into like a starter, right? I mean, so I, there's there's differences between the game, right? Right now, they're doing pretty well, but can they be that guy for the long haul is the big question. 2.57 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain, gallerysports.com. He'll join us. Spray Nation Radio 920. This is JT from Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders, brewed as a model of what good beer should be. Modelo Especial is a 